Barry Soper, political editors with us. Hey, Barry. Good afternoon, Heather. Is this the first time in, what, two and a half years that Parliament has been mask-free? Well, it seems like that, Heather. Um, look, uh, Trevor Mallard ruled the place with an iron fist and we had to keep our distances every time we went into the corridor. We had to have a mask on. And just uh, as an aside, Trevor Mallard, there was a question asked of uh, Nanaya Mahuta as to how much he's getting as the Irish ambassador or the ambassador to Ireland. Well, just for your listeners' uh, edification, he gets between 183000 and $250,000 a year. Uh, he gets, of course, a residence there. A couple of um, home fares are provided during the three-year term. So uh, not a bad wee number there in Dublin. So he's nowhere to be seen around Parliament at the moment. But I've got to say, the maskless Prime Minister, she seemed happy enough that the rules have finally been relaxed after so long. I hope that New Zealanders are feeling the, the difference uh, uh, that all of their hard work has made. The fact that we're in this moment now with uh, low cases, low hospitalisations and uh, more certainty. Do you believe now that those uh, public servants who were laid off because they refused the mandates, do you believe they should be reinstated now? Uh, those are employment matters and they'll be dealt with with each of those departments. Yeah, well, so no answer there. But look, um, I put the same question to Chris Luxon. Um, he, I've got to say, was in a pretty good space as well um, and was a little more definite about those who did oppose the mandates. Have a listen. To be able to come out here with you guys and not uh, to worry about masks and uh, all those good things and make that a personal choice decision is a good thing. Do you believe that the public servants who were laid off uh, because they were opposed to mandates, do you believe they should now get their jobs back? Well, look, I mean, we are critically short workers across every sector and every region in this country, and I think uh, it would be a good chance for all employers to reflect on that. Wouldn't you think, really, Heather, that if you're a public servant, you didn't like the mandates... And many people, I met a number of people from the police, the military, uh, the health sector, they didn't like the mandates, uh, they were laid off. Wouldn't you think they would reinstate them now? Yeah, well, you would think, I think the Prime Minister just doesn't want to get drawn into it because she's aligned herself with kind of the outgoing tide, right, which is a tide mm -hmm. of, of over, over, over caution. And so as that recedes and those, you know, she, she's, the incoming tide is people who are kind of probably kind of irritated by what she's done. And so, you know, she doesn't want to alienate everybody. So she just has to do nothing, I think, ultimately. Um, I see that the, the speeches at Parliament today were held to mark the, the Queen's um, passing. What did you make of them? Well... <sighs> I heard you played a bit of um, rivalry, Waititi from the Modi Party. Um, look, you could you could argue that's totally inappropriate at this time. I mean, it it was um, a uh, a sitting uh, for to remember the Queen, and it was a, a proclamation of His Majesty um, King Charles III. Now, MPs have given themselves the rest of the week off in honour of the Queen. Uh, before doing so, they did offer their thoughts of her. Jacinda Ardern says that during the lockdown, the Queen uh, would call her. And it was during the first lockdown we had um, to commemorate, you'll remember, Anzac Day, uh, which the Prime Minister told the Queen about. I remember describing to her how we marked it during lockdown and wondering what she would make of it. We all stood at the end of our driveways, Your Majesty, in the dark. Some played the radio and you could hear the last post where we stood there silently next to our neighbours. She paused for a long time. Well, that sounds rather moving, she said. She was quite simply an extraordinary woman who was of her time and now in passing 
is for all time. Mr Speaker, I leave the House with the Queen's own words. On contemplating the question of life, she said, we are all visitors to this time, this place. We're just passing through. Our purpose here is to observe, to learn, to grow, to love, and then we return home. Yes, well, um, Christopher Luxon was the next on his feet from the National Party, of course, and like all of them, uh, he talked about the 70-year reign uh, over us. Um, her sense of duty was something clearly that impressed him, uh, as did uh, it uh, impress all of us, I think. Here's what he said. All of us in this House are committed to public service, and while the monarchy sits above party politics, the Queen's life is an example to us all. She demonstrated that in public life, living your values every day and keeping going matters. Her life reminds us that service is noble and powerful and influential. And with that, they gave themselves the week off. <laughs> um, I don't have a huge amount of time, Barry, but I want to know what's going on here. You know, I, I feel as if perhaps the debate about republicanism is a little premature at the moment. You know, wait until the Queen is being buried. What are you finding? Well, look, I had a bit of uh, audio um, of Willie Jackson ranting. Go about, on then, uh, give it to us. Racism. Well, uh, I'll, I'll give you a bit of it. I mean, it's, um, you know, I don't know whether it's worth it, but um, look, uh, he turned the issue into something of a racial argument. Here we go. They had extreme views. The other view was, as you know, Māori couldn't be racist. Only Pākehā could be racist, according to, to our uncle and all the others. They said that was based on the power structure because Pākehā didn't, uh, Māori didn't have power. They had some radical views uh, and we didn't agree, or, you know, some of us didn't agree with those views, but it brought the kaupapa to the fore. And so we were able to debate it with people like Mr Sopa over here in a good way, in a constructive way. And because of those challenges, we have a lot of what we've got today. <laughs> and like you said, Heather, if there's going to be a, now a debate on republicanism, it's going to be an interesting one because, like you pointed out, the treaty is with the Crown. Without the Crown, what happens to the treaty? Well, it'll be a, a case for another day, I guess. Uh, Barry, thank you very much. Barry Soper, political editor.